name is BJ Council. I view the world through the lens of having been followed by a white clerk as a child while shopping in a five and dime. I'm a retired police executive and own UN50, which gives guidance on surviving interactions with police. I'm Harmony Chavis, and I view the world through the lens of one of the most misunderstood and diverse generations in our nation's history. I'm a social worker and a believer of radical kindness and love as modalities of healing. My name is Andrew Council. I view the world through the lens of a generational camera phone. I wake up as a black male and go to bed as a black male. I am surviving this never-ending court case we commonly call life in the best way I know how. Welcome back. So to, to you and Fogbo, glad you folks have decided to join us again. Um, so one of the things I want to follow up on was Harmony, because I think I don't know the last one that we had, you said about a bus. You wanted to outfit a bus to move around. Yeah. How, how has that progressed or are you just not? Um, so I do want to do it, but, you know, I felt like I needed more time because it's, I don't want to just get a bus and it'd be a hodgepodge of just a hot mess. Um, so I've seen that a lot of conversions take anywhere from six months to a year. So I'm still in the process of researching buses that I like and then also finding a place to park it in the meantime because I don't think my apartment complex is going to be okay with that. Um, my brother is also like a carpenter and like a jack of all trades. Um, unlike a lot of people, I'm not going to ask for free services. Um, so I'm hoping though that he'll let me work off some of it because I really do want to learn how to build a bus. Um, yeah, so just still trying to figure out his rate, where I can keep the bus, what type of bus I really want. Um, but no, it's definitely still happening. Even if I don't live in it full time, um, I plan to use it as like an Airbnb until I am ready to make that full transition. I love a person with a plan. Yeah. What's up, my man? Happy birthday. Your birthday was September, not too, a couple of days ago. So how was that for you? It was very. It was my best birthday yet. Wow! So it was really nice. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, when you somebody says was my best birthday ever, usually the follow up question is, "What did I do?" Um, I guess I've always. I think somebody has has asked me before, like, you could stay at an age for the rest of your life. What would it be? And I've always said twenty one. Um, I think that I think just because of the different things legally that you can do at 21, and then <laughs> I felt like that was just this. It's a marking. It's a it's a stepping stone to other things in life. I just feel like. But yesterday, I think I just I spent time doing things that I wanted to do. I think before and before then, it was just um, a compilation of like, oh, your your mom or your dad asked you want to do this, and like, yeah, and then you don't <laughs> do it. But, um, so I guess yesterday, everything that I wanted to do, I was able to do, which I think it's, that's the reason why it was the best birthday I've, I've had so far. Totally understand that. And then just so everybody, we all have had birthdays since we last chatted, and which means we're, I think we're all Virgos. Is that correct? We yeah. all Virgos? Yeah. So which, you know, is a little, Virgos are a little different as far as how they, little anal. At least I think they are a little bit. So, well, yeah. I'm on the cusp, so. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> close enough. So what we're going to do now, we, we're, uh, we're going to start, uh, today we're going to be talking about Harmony wanted to talk about Brianna Taylor. She said uh, this was of interest to all of us, but she said her heart was just wanting to know a little bit more about who Brianna Taylor 
is, and so she's going to do some, she's done some stuff on that. So we're going to have that talk. But one of the things I want to let folks know, what we're going to be doing periodically um, is looking at shootings that have been investigated. So basically kind of the rest of the story, just to give some insight as to, especially if it's investigated by the Department of Justice and those individuals outside that come in and do the investigation, because what normally happens is people don't, the media does not go back and give you the rest of the story, which can just offer a different perspective. So before anybody gets up in arms, I'm not trying to change anybody's perspective and still don't like the way everything happened. I'm, I'm okay with that. I just want people to, to be able to at least have the whole picture or at least another perspective. And you can continue to, to believe, you know, what you want to believe in or your opinion. I'm not trying to do that. But I kind of like having enough information so I can make a sound decision I'm comfortable with. So what we want to do is just maybe when we can find these investigations of, of some of these shootings that have been final reports, just bring them to your attention as well. You know, this is something you may not have heard. Again, and I really want to keep reiterating that, we're not trying to change your perspective. It's just for me and I think the rest of my team just want you to be able to have a different perspective, information that it, it, it could, you might go, oh, I didn't know that. And that's all we're having is just that kind of conversation. So anyway, so Harmony's going to introduce us to Brianna Taylor. Awesome. Hey, y'all. Um, it's always so interesting doing these podcasts, like knowing that your face is not going to be on there because I'm like, I wonder what I sound like, sound like with like without a face. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, as Vijay said, um, you know, as a woman of color, I think that this story stuck with me a lot um, because when you looked at Brianna Taylor versus George Floyd, there was a difference in media attention, number one, and I think that there has also been um, delayed justice, which makes it even more infuriating and confusing for me personally. Um, so we're going we're gonna to jump right in. Brianna Shaquille Taylor was born on June 5th of 1993 in Grand Rapids to Tamika Palmer, and on March 13th of 2020, she was shot dead by the Louisville Police Department. Officers Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly, Deputy Miles Cosgrove, and Deputy Brett Hankinson during the execution of a no-knock warrant. Before we get into the details of how Brianna died, I thought it was incredibly important to tell our listeners more about her. Her life story has been narrated by the media as this one finite point, the moment where she lost her life. Brianna was and is more than just a victim of police brutality. While doing research, it was pretty difficult to find a ton of personal information on her. Um, it was mostly dredged in legal jargon and timelines of basically her death. Um, I was able to find a really good uh, excerpt from the New York Times that said Brianna Taylor had just done four overnight shifts at the hospital wow. where she worked. Yeah, four in wow. a row. Wow. Um, as an emergency room technician. To let off some steam, she and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, planned a date, dinner at a steakhouse, followed by a movie in bed. Usually, the pair would head to his apartment, where he lived alone, and she had left a toothbrush and a flat iron. But that night, they went to the small unit she shared with her younger sister, who was away on a trip. It was dark when the couple pulled into the parking lot and then closed the door to apartment four behind them. This was the, the year of big plans for the 26-year-old. Her home was brimming with the post-it notes and envelopes on which she wrote her goals. She had just bought a new car. Next on the list was buying her own home and trying to have a baby with Mr. Walker. They had already picked out a name. 
According to her obituary, Brianna graduated from Western High School in 2011 and after graduating, went to college at the University of Kentucky. She was a well-respected and accomplished EMT for the city of Louisville. Louisville, I'm sorry, I always call it Louisville. <laughs> at the time of her death, she was working as an ER technician and a PRN for a local healthcare company. Her friends and family remember Brianna as a woman who loved social gatherings, especially those with her family. And they also say that she was intent on bettering herself and encouraging those around her to do the same. Now that we know a little bit more about who she was, we can talk with a little bit more empathy and involvement about what happened to her. Before we get into the timeline of what exactly happened to Brianna, I want to talk about why it happened. And that is a no-knock warrant. For those of you who are unfamiliar with a no-knock warrant, according to Cornell Law, it is a search warrant authorizing police officers to enter a certain premise without first knocking and announcing their presence or purpose prior to entering the premises. Such warrants are issued where an entry um, to the knock and announce rule, basically where they knock on the door and say, police, police, open up, would lead to the destruction of objects for which the police are searching or would compromise the safety of the police or another individual. Essentially, what happened was Detective Joshua James filed a request for a no-knock warrant for Breonna Taylor's address because they were looking into the activities of Jamarcus Glover, an alleged drug trafficker. You may have heard his name before in the media. Jamarcus was the ex-boyfriend of Breonna Taylor. Per ABC News, they were able to confirm that Jamarcus Glover was using Brianna's address to mail drugs to the U.S. Postal Service. However, it is also recorded by USA Today that the packages that were intercepted from Brianna's address in January of 2020 were not packages of interest. So this was a point where I found a lot of conflict wow. on what the information really was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that for me was really a big part because it's why were they at the house initially? Um, And what I've also been hearing lately is that people are saying that she was named as a person of interest on the search warrant, which initially that wasn't the case. It was just her address because they thought that her ex-boyfriend Jamarcus was hiding drugs at her place. Jamarcus lived at a house about 10 miles away and was arrested prior to Brianna's house ever being raided. Jamarcus had used her address prior as a mailing address and had listed it on his bank statements as well. The no-knock warrant was executed just after midnight. This is where the account of what happened gets a little bit murky. According to Kenneth Walker, Brianna's boyfriend, he heard someone at the door, but never heard the police announce themselves. He said he thought it was Brianna's ex, Jamarcus, who was trying to bust through the door. According to police, they announced themselves by knocking and saying police several times before knocking the door down. Only one witness out of a dozen was able to identify hearing the police announce themselves, and only once, while several others and Mr. Walker maintained that they did not hear such an announcement. According to the police report, a legal gun owner, Mr. Walker, shot at the three officers who were dressed in plain clothes and hit Sergeant Mattingly in the leg. The officers then blindly shot at least 20 times into the apartment, mm-hmm. even going into a different apartment where a five-year-old lived. The bullets from the same gunfire hit Brianna at least six times. Kenneth, at this point, is absolutely frantic. He calls 911, and through his sobs, he says that he's been the victim of a home invasion, and he thinks his girlfriend has been shot. Kenneth is arrested at the scene and charged with attempted murder. 
this is also a really important uh, time to pay attention to the timeline. So he was arrested on March 13th, the day that Brianna was killed. And it wasn't until March 26th that Kenneth Walker was released from jail. So her funeral was on March 20th. He wasn't even able to make it to the services. He was incarcerated during that time. Before Kenneth Walker's release, the Commonwealth of Kentucky argued that one person is dead and one person was almost killed due to Mr. Walker's actions. Judge Olu Stevens released him anyway because of the rising concerns around COVID-19. Y'all, the situation gets even messier. Ryan Nichols, who is the Louisville, Kentucky Union president, said to the judges that the choice to release Kenneth, and I quote, was a slap into a slap in the face to everyone wearing a badge. It wasn't until May 22nd that these charges were dismissed against Kenneth after more than two months. And I should also note that they added that his case could still be presented a second time to the grand jury. In June of 2020, Officer Brett Hankinson was fired. So this is the police that was shooting from outside of the apartment into a window. His letter that was shared to the public, his termination letter that was shared to the public said, we have determined that you violated standard operating procedure. When your actions displayed an extreme indifference to the value of human life, when you wantonly and blindly fired 10 rounds into an apartment, that which was occupied by Breonna Taylor. It's also worth noting that the same officer was disciplined for reckless conduct that injured an innocent person on January 9th of 2019. The ex-boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover, was offered a plea deal this week as well. I don't know if anybody's seen that. If he would name Brianna as one of his co-defendants in his drug trafficking ring, which he declined. Brianna, an EMT, was left untreated for 20 whole minutes after being shot, dispatch records show. She wasn't killed instantly. She fought as hard as she could to live, and she suffered. And we cannot forget this part of her story, although it is so much more than just that one moment. Brianna, we're sorry it's taking so long. Wow. That's a lot. Thank you. That was, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the first things you said, the fact that she had worked four, four night shifts, I mean, just that just resonates because, uh, you know, being as a police officer, being out there with EMTs working 24 hour shifts, I mean, I can relate. That's, that's hard to pull. Right. To pull, right? So you, you wouldn't hear anybody knocking on you. If you're doing four nights and you finally get a day off, yeah, them Z's are coming pretty hard. You're not going to hear anybody knocking right. on the door. There was also some other things that I thought were really interesting. So apparently their standard operating uh, procedure with raids like that include um, on-site EMT. Yeah, they they told them an hour prior to the raid to just go ahead and go home. So they violated their own operating procedure in that way. Um, And then because of all of the confusion of whether or not these were also police officers, it took them a lot longer to identify that she was as seriously hurt as her boyfriend said. So the other officer, um, I'm not sure which one it was, helped Sergeant Mattingly, who had been shot in the leg, instead of rendering aid to Brianna. Um, So for 20 minutes, for me, that was just such a shocking moment. For 20 minutes until she was rendered aid and she fought as hard as she could to live. And for me, I think that that is such a, a parody to 
to things that we feel as black people in general, just fighting as hard as we can for as long as we can to just stay alive. Um, and Brianna is unfortunately another example of just how hard we have to fight and how little it matters to a lot of people. Right. Drew, you got anything? I think just listening to it is very profound. And I, I didn't know everything that you presented. Um, I think it, that it's important for people to educate themselves on their story, on the story about what actually happened to know, to know as much as we can about Brianna as a person um, and not just related to this one incident. Yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't find a whole lot of information. It was that New York Times excerpt, excerpt and then it was her obituary that I was able to find. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, I mean, most of it now, even if you Google Brianna Taylor, is going to talk about Jamarcus Glover yeah. and the plea deal that they offered him that he rejected. Yeah. And it's like we're still forgetting the black woman, the woman who lost her life, the woman who was really not involved in any of this at all. Um, and now there's an alternate story going around, basically trying to, to say that Brianna was a part of this drug trafficking. Ring. Right. Um, and for me, you know, I think that we have all done some really dumb stuff for people that we love. And I'm not saying that she did actually send or receive drugs, but right. even if she did, that doesn't mean that she deserved to die. Right. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, when we're trying to use these things as justifications for why something happened to somebody, like they try to use George Floyd's um, criminal background record, that doesn't mean that they deserve to die. Um, And another tricky part about this case is that none of the police officers were wearing body cams and they were in plain clothes at midnight. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that's the thing that people have to. And that's, yeah, today's, it's expensive to get body cams. It's more than just simply getting body cams. There's a whole thing of policies and procedures. There's a whole thing of financing. How do you store it? I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into it. So I know a lot of agencies think used to be able to, I don't know whether they still do, I guess I can look that up, but they're trying to get funding through the federal government, you know, to try to help support the purchase of, of body cams. It's, it's, it's a thing. It's expensive, and and more officers and more agencies, you know, if they can afford it. They can, the, the the government leaders need to figure out a way to purchase those things in this moment, you know, if they can. Okay, so I just I just googled this actually. So uh, the Louisville Police Department's current policy requires that officers activate their body cameras when okay. responding to any call for service and prior to engaging in all law enforcement activities or encounters. Any failure to do so must be reported to a supervisor and documented. Um, so they they violated their own policy. It's not okay. that they didn't have access. Okay, so they do. All right. So I thought when you said that they didn't have. The cameras when you they just didn't turn them on right which is that's what's problematic to me yeah, i mean it's problematic it's just have it yeah if you have a supervisor on the team on the, which more often than not is always going to be a lead somebody on all these types of interactions and especially when you're doing a drug raid and no knock some there's got to be a boss somebody there that mm-hmm. fail to make sure so that so there is that responsibility so i guess what the community has to figure out and, and internally from a from a police perspective then as a police executive we're going to go look at who who was the team leader for this group i'm going to start with you first and then we'll start with whoever your boss is and work my way down to the person who was leading why why are these cameras on right and then then we start 
figuring out what what does this accountability how accountability look like for you for failure to at least at a minimum make sure these cameras are on. So and right. then that what that starts to do. I mean, not to take the, the light off of Brianna, but what that starts to do internally is, is to say to officers, whoa, we're here to be held accountable for not having our stuff on. And what does that look like? I mean, not a little slap on the hand because this is so huge. That person probably needs to get a few days off, whatever. But the accountability, that's how you start that accountability piece internally and start changing that culture. Because now what the executives are saying to you, we have a policy and you didn't follow it. And here we are. And then we're going right. to do this to you. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that, that's, oh, you know what I want to get also is kind of sticking with that policy part. When, when did the guy get fired? When did the, when, when did the police officer, because he violated the, you know, June. So it was June of 2020. And she, so she was shot March yeah. 13th. Okay. Okay. So there was quite a bit of time in between that. And the two other officers are still on leave. Yeah. That uh, His name was uh, Deputy Brett. Yeah. He fired from outside of the apartment. So he wasn't even inside. And I guess he heard gunfire and then just start shooting through a window like he's on Mortal Kombat or something. I don't. I don't know. And, and you know, and and again, because you got I'm looking at it from the, you know, because I know people like March 13th, they get fired until June 20th. You know, I would just offer that that's kind of the process. I mean, you take, you know, they're, they've been removed from the agency. They're sitting at home to give, give me as my agency time to investigate. So when I make the decision, so I, so the thing, I know people don't really care about this, but I, if I'm going to fire him, I need to make sure I got him. And I don't need him like filing something on me and saying I, I can get back into the apartment. So, so we want to, if he may not, you know, agree with this, but we got to have time to investigate it and make sure that there is no, all the doors, all the nails are in the coffin to say we, he violated this and we got enough information. He's terminated and he's out. And now, right. you know, whatever else happens legally, um, you know, that, that's the process for the judicial system to do. So just so people understand yeah. internal investigations, for me, when we look at him at perspective, look, if, if he's done something wrong, let's make sure all the doors are closed so that when we say we're getting ready to fire you, I ain't got to worry about him coming back to me going, we're getting ready to sue you for firing me and I want my job back. Um, you know, so just, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Well, and I think if we're talking about accountability, what's interesting to me is that there was <laughs> multiple levels of failure in this investigation uh, or in the execution of this really botched raid they violated their own procedures by not having on their body cameras by not having emt outside so those are two things Mm -hmm. brianna taylor fought for 20 minutes to stay alive imagine if she was rendered aid immediately we may not be having the same conversation about brianna taylor's death and more of the assault of brianna taylor and another thing that I also find interesting is that these three officers were here to do this raid, and yet Jamarcus Glover has already been arrested, arrested. Yep. 10 miles away, and it is the, the duty of those officers to be informed. So I also read um, from Cornell Law um, that although officers need to not take affirmative steps to make an independent re-verification of the circumstances already recognized by a magistrate in issuing a no-knock warrant, such a warrant does not entitle officers to disregard reliable information clearly negating the existence of an extended circumstances when they actually receive such information before execution of the warrant. Mm-hmm. So my question is, 
where is the communication? Why was there no communication? I, I can understand if your boss has told you, hey, we're doing this raid. We think that we've got an alleged drug trafficker. We're looking for something to take him down. I can understand why, you know, you would assume that you're doing the right thing. But that doesn't mean that people don't need to be held accountable. People mm-hmm. hit people with cars by accident. And guess mm-hmm. what? They're charged. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, he shot her by accident. But let's let's say, you know, these officers did really did fear for their lives. They thought that this was Jamarcus Lover. They thought that these were violent offenders. I can understand why you would have such reaction. But that's why it's necessary to have all of the facts. I feel like these Blue yeah. Lives Matter folks are so like, oh, let's have all of the facts. Well, how about we have all of the facts before we just go into a people's people's place of living and, and start shooting? Um, and so for me, it's it's not just the individual officers who need some type of reprimanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that those officers need to be charged because regardless of the surrounding circumstances, they shot somebody. And if it was a civilian and they hurt somebody, regardless of the circumstances, majority of the time, you're going to get charged. Um, I don't think firing them is enough. I think that they need to be charged. And I think that their superiors, more than anything, need to be reprimanded because you're the one telling these officers that are taught to listen to you and respect you and follow your orders to to basically go and do this. Of course, they have their own discretion of, okay, do I shoot? Do I not shoot back? How many times do we announce ourselves? But what's ironic to me is that the police are saying, hey, we announced ourselves for a no-knock warrant. Then why go get a no-knock warrant? Why not just get a warrant, which is the same thing, except for you don't have to announce yourself. So the fact that the police is the police are saying, hey, you know, we did have a no knock warrant, but we announced ourselves. Doesn't that defeat the purpose? Not really. I mean, because you could the officer could made a decision. Look, let's just that's just another thing to, to say. Look, it's a no knock warrant, but we made a decision to announce ourselves. I don't really see why that's a negative. I see that. But- I don't think that I'm just saying maybe they didn't. Yeah, I yeah, don't think but, that they did. Yeah, but I'm saying it's, it, I wouldn't see that as a as a negative. Um, but I would just say that that's just something else they may have laid laid on top of it. Um, just to, it, I mean, it's just extra. Then they can say, well, you know, it's a no not, but we're going to announce anyway. I mean, so, but yeah, I mean, it's it. it I think did you see? I think the sh- the chief or somebody was terminated. Because there was another incident shortly after Breonna Taylor that happened in that community. But I think the police chief or some, either the police chief or the sheriff, somebody has been relieved of his or her duty. There mm-hmm. may be an interim at this point. So I don't know whether you saw that or not. No, I so, didn't. Um, so, yeah. You know, during my research, I was I was trying to get the timeline as much as I could. But yeah. it's, it's a lot of conflicting information. Yeah. And I think that depending on what source you're reading, it reads a completely different way. Yeah. Um, it sounds completely different. So yeah, it was, yeah. it was difficult to do, I think, because there is so much media coverage. Yeah. Some people say that she was shot eight times. Some people say six. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, just, and that, it's a lot of conflicting information, yeah. but it makes a difference. It does. And, it, and all of it's not going to come out until the trial happens or the final investigation has occurred by whatever agency, independent agency does that. So we won't know exactly everything. And then that'll be based on the policy. So cool. I really appreciate you, you doing that. But um, yeah, it's all about her. It's, you know, not just, we need to know about individuals, who they are and all that. But yeah, it's, it's a lot going on now about the gentleman, the ex-boyfriend, and I saw where the mm-hmm. current 
boyfriend is speaking out. At least he had a little press conference and stuff like that. So, so thank mm-hmm. you for doing that. And, and um, yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, that was, just, that, yeah, that was it. That was good. That was yeah. Just one more thing. Um, I would like if us and our listeners could maybe just have a moment of silence for Brianna and for all the other victims of police brutality. I think that while we're telling their stories, we also do have to pay reverence to to their transition as well. Thank y'all for doing that with me. Um, I appreciate it. Um, and thank you guys for listening. There are multiple um, like petitions going around. Sign them. Um, continue to speak out about it. Continue to talk about Brianna. Don't let her story be the story of her just dying and not not even her whole story. And we need to make sure that this, this ending includes some type of justice. Nothing is going to bring Brianna back that people have to be held accountable for their actions. Andrew, thank you. Harmony, thank you for that. You got anything, Drew? Not that I think of. As y'all were talking, I was thinking about just, um, I guess, the steps that that local community or that state just in general are doing to make sure that, like Harmony was saying, the things that were broken or the rules that they set themselves that were not being heeded um, to make sure that, that they don't get um breached again i guess you could say but mm-hmm. um, yeah I I think, I, yeah exactly that the local community i think for me i think the other thing that you and five you know is willing to help with for those communities like you know what do you what is your it's a national narrative and we all know that and, mm-hmm. and what's going on but try to figure out how what do you want your local police department to look like how do you hold them accountable? And what does that conversation look like? And you and Five O can help you a little bit with that. You know, it's like, you know, what what does your procedures look like? What are your policies? That's something that, that you should be able to see. Durham Police Department and a lot of organizations have their policies and procedures out there for the for the world to see. So asking the right questions, letting them know that, you know, you have this expectation of the police department of servicing your community. So yeah, so so we can do that. So thanks for, for joining us. Visit our website, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us today. Thanks again, Harmony, for letting us know and reminding us so we won't forget who Brianna Taylor is. Thank you very much. And uh, as always, stay well. Peace. <laughs>